The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church. Women of the Word, August 13th, Developing Biblical Friendships, Part 1. Uh, so I decided you can all do this if you read a book and just give a really good book report. <laughs> right? No, okay. Yeah. You can do it. I'm a reader. That's my one hobby. But, um, so this is my book report, really. I'm not really coming up with anything new besides, because it's God's Word and then other topics that I have. Um, put together. So, um, so I'm learning too, is what I'm saying. But when we think of deeper biblical friendships, what do we think of? Because we all have friendships, right? But how do we make them deeper? What comes Being to mind? Talking about hard things. Yeah. The real things. Yeah. Yeah. Not like school and. Sometimes school's hard. Yes. <laughs> I guess I should say. Spiritually, sometimes school's hard when you're yes, in school. Yes, you're right. And even not. It's, I feel yes. like for parenting, that is one thing that caught me off guard was how difficult the education process would be for choosing paths for my kids. So, yes, you're right. School is hard. Um, also, um, somebody that really has your best heart interests in the heart. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that actually. So, and we'll tell you the truth and not just what you want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, you have a good friend when you have that. So, some things just to think about: the difference between fellowship and friendship, because we all have both, right? And um, I feel like there's a lot of fellowship opportunities at our church. Uh, What would it look like practically to have deeper Christ-like friendships? What do you see as limitations to deep friendships in our church? So we want to apply it here where we're at. And I think one one of the things I thought of was the difference between fellowship and friendship. Because there's a culture of, um, you know, the fear of missing out. Right? Have you guys heard of that? FOMO? The fear of... It's a new thing. It's always been here. So it's been, you know, it's not new, but it's a new term. Yeah. The fear of missing out. So if there's all this fellowship, I might miss it. But it's not actually friendship that you're missing out on. So um, it made me really think about what kind of a friend I am. And... um, One thing I realized about myself is that I have become the kind of friend who, whoever I'm with is my friend. I've decided that whoever God puts in front of me right then is who my friend is. Um, And I think that's partly because of my role as a pastor's wife and just lots of people in our life at different times and in different situations. Um, I have long-term deep friendships also, but... Um, maybe if we kind of think of ourselves this way as 
as people who can be friends with anybody that God puts in front of us. Um, and, you know, you all know somebody that you think, if I need to really actually have a deep conversation, I'm going to go to that person, right? We can all think of someone, hopefully. If you can't, talk to me. We'll, we'll find you somebody. But there's, some, there's somebody at the end of the service up front. One of the ladies, they take turns um, to go deeper with you, to pray with you. Um, so they're there. If you don't know where to go, that's a good start. Um, so whoever you are with, it's an opportunity to go deeper. And um, I just want you to think, let you be, be the friend who, whoever you're with, be the most fun, interesting, best friend that you have at that moment. So that will help you go deeper. And what does that mean? So I was thinking about it, and I think we tend to look backwards. Like, I had this friend in the past, and they were so close to me, and they were such a great friend. And they might be somebody you can always call upon. Or we look sideways, like, I wish I was actually with that person, or look at what they're doing over there, and I'm not a part of that. Or we look to the future and have these expectations, like, I really want a friend like that in the future, instead of just developing the friendship that's right in front of us, that God may be putting right in front of us. Um, So don't look backwards, don't look sideways, don't look to the future, just try to look in the moment of where you are, where God has you. Um, And what, that would be what, contentment in where God has us, right? Um, happy and grateful and not just thinking if I only had a friend like this person that I imagine to be the best friend in the world you know Um, one of my favorite quotes is wherever you are be all there does anybody know who said that Jim Elliott he was a missionary and um, it's always been one of my favorite quotes because um Wherever God puts you, be all there, all in, right? Not partially giving our time, not partially giving our energy, but as much as possible, giving all for the glory of the Lord. Um, And so you're going to miss it if you're looking backwards, sideways to the future. You're going to miss what God has for you. And I know, like I was thinking about, okay, there's all these personalities, right? We all have different personalities, but... Some of us, some of you, I should say, have the personality where you're the person who instigates relationship, right? Does anybody kind of identify themselves that way? And you're the reacher-outer and the let's get together and does it get, like, tiresome for you? But what, in the book, he just talks about this is a gift from God and not to be it to become a burden because I think I don't know if you think this way sometimes but like I'm doing all the reaching out I'm doing all the work mm-hmm. and nobody else is right Would anyone ever call if I didn't call right <laughs> but what you have to realize is for those of us that aren't like that we're not calling anybody else either like, <laughs> we're not all getting together without you so we need you we need you to reach out I'm not a part of it. No, we're, we're waiting for you to plan the party. <laughs> and 
then we're happy to go. <laughs> I think that's a great point because I have a different friend like that who um, I think sometimes, like, oh, I need to reach out to her before she reaches out to me because mm-hmm. she's so good about reaching yeah. out. But, um, you know, I need to be better about reaching right. out to the instigator so that yeah. she doesn't feel like she's being left out. Um, and it's important. Yeah, and that's what, yeah, I was like, okay, I don't have the gift of just always wanting to do things and reaching out, but I have God's word, and it says to put other people before myself, so, um, which is, it's still a call to do the hard things, right? Um, to stop seeking your own personal interest and start, what, seeking the interests of others, right? Yeah, so... Who has Philippians 2, 3 through 5? Okay. Um, yeah, get your Bibles ready. We're good. It came on. Thank you. Sure. Nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ. Yeah, thank you. We all that's a pretty familiar verse, right? But how often are we seeking the interests of others instead of our own personal interests? So that's a good place to start on going deeper. Um, this is the like this has been my little deeper friendship one oh one I don't want to call it a Bible, but what do you call it? For dummies? I don't yeah. know. Guys, yeah, good. Good word. Okay. Um, it's called The Company We Keep by Jonathan Holmes. I should really have my glasses. Um, and he just goes so deep into biblical friendship. And it's so small. Like, I mean, so for those of you who are readers, like, Look at how many blanks are on the page. You can do this, right? <laughs> There's bullet points. Like, it's not too, it, it's deep, but it's not like you're reading a Puritan paperback or something. Um, yeah. So, I'm just going to read what he says because it's better than anything I could come up with. Deep and meaningful friendships don't come easily even within the church, and sometimes especially within the church. Because from time to time, we all sense that things ought to be different. We can find the challenges of biblical friendships perplexing, frustrating, and discouraging. But it doesn't have to be this way. Right? How do we change that? Considering others better than ourselves. Yeah, that's good. Yep. So biblical friendship exists when two or more people, bound together by a common faith in Jesus Christ, pursue him, his kingdom, with intentionality and vulnerability. So you have to be intentional and vulnerable. Right? Like, I'm not going to share my deepest, darkest secrets with you if you're not going to lovingly, you don't have to share yours with me necessarily, but be... Have a reciprocal relationship, right? Um, sometimes people think that nobody has any problems. Why? Why do we, we think that? Because we don't talk about them, right? We're not being um, 
we're not going to be vulnerable with just anybody, but we need to be a little bit vulnerable sometimes just to see where that opens up. And then we need to be intentional and pursue. So, in this book, he goes into these um, four, four marks of a biblical friendship. And his first one is constancy. They're all C's, so they're kind of weird words. Do you want me to write them down? Constancy. What do you think that means? Being consistent? Yep. All right. Being available, being... Um, and so the verse I came up with, Proverbs 18:24. Which most of you know, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I hadn't really thought this through, but in the time, the culture, um, a brother was way more important than a, a friend. Like they would not leave their family to be closer to a friend. But, you know, God in His goodness wrote this for all of time. And, um, we have friends who are closer to us than our own family. And especially for those of you who have unbelieving family, right? Mm-hmm. So the family of Christ becomes our family. But it, it's just a beautiful statement. And we also know that a friend loves at all times. So they are a constant source of faithfulness and love to us. So be that. Be a constant friend. Be available and show up. And um, I know some of you have heard me talk about this, but the, the movie A Man Named Otto. Did anybody see that? Okay. The, the neighbor, Marisol, was my favorite character. And the whole movie, it's the Lord just continually reminded me, like, be a Marisol. And if you haven't seen it, She's this neighbor who basically won't take no for an answer. And she keeps showing up. She keeps knocking on the door. She keeps shoving her foot in the door. And I'm the kind of friend who's like, I'll show up, but if you slam the door in my face, goodbye. I have other people who I could be pursuing, right? So it was just very convicting to me to, because then they developed a sweet friendship over time. And, um... And just, I mean, it's not a biblical friendship in any means, but it is because they loved each other um, and accepted one another where they were at. And she, she truly did help him. Um, and then he helped her. <coughs> so it was, it was a sweet uh, picture of what God can do in friendship. Um, so constancy. If you know very much about the millennial generation, you aren't likely to say their friendships are characterized by constancy. Since the moment these young men and women were born, the very concept of friendship has become increasingly disposable and fleeting. Many in the generation will testify to the confusing friendship dynamics practiced by their peers. One day you're in, the next day you're out. One day you have a best friend, the next day you don't. A friend is often someone who meets your needs or fits into your schedule. 
So it's a matter of convenience. It's not a matter of constancy. And the other book that I that I read that I'll be talking about later is this. It's called Six Conversations. But she's a um, college professor, and she asks her students, "Has anybody asked you, like, actually asked you, what? How are you doing? What's going on in your life?" And almost none of them ever say, "I don't have a friend like that." It's always the friends that want to do things with them or go places, have fun. You know, that's what most people think of as a friend. So it's become a generational um, gap where people aren't really, they don't really know each other, know their friends. So who is an example from scripture of a constant friend? Jonathan. Yeah. What did he do? He basically protected David from his own father, which was very anti-cultural. Yeah. Yeah. Because Saul wanted to kill him. Right. Yeah. So he didn't just go with the family. Yeah. Ruth. Ruth. Yes. What'd she do? She went. Naomi wouldn't leave. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Those are great examples. So we have those examples from scripture. Number two is candor, which is a weird word, but it goes with the C's, I guess. So that's what he came up with. Anybody know what that means? Yeah. What? (laughs) Truth. Yeah. Speaking the truth, right? Candid. We would use the word candid. They don't teach that vocabulary anymore? Probably not. I don't know. I don't take vocabulary, but... so, candor is the ability to speak the truth in love for the good of your friend. Somebody who has Proverbs 27, 5 through 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Hmm. Yeah. Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. How often do we hide our love for our friends? and not speak the truth. It's not actually loving, right? And we know that, but we also are trying to be wise in when to say things and how to say them, or we just think, I can't do that, right? So being a good biblical friend is willing to wound with wounds that are good, right? How do we discipline our children? We discipline, or why do we discipline our children? Because we love them. Yeah, it's for their good. Yeah, but it should hurt. Yeah, we don't, like, learn lessons if it's not painful usually, right, in some way. I just heard a little kid say, I love my grandma because she always <coughs> hid me from my dad when he was going to play. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but yes. <laughs> I'm glad she loved your grandma. <laughs> yes. So, in... Um, Sorry, I'm on the wrong page. In our candor, they, he gave this example of the Lord of the Rings. I don't know if you're into the Lord of the Rings or not. I'm not. So, um, But this is Sam, one of the characters, speaking to Frodo, who's the main character, who has the ring, you know. But this is what he says to him. You can trust us to stick to you through thick and thin to the bitter end. And you can trust us to keep any secret of yours closer than you yourself keep it but you cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone and go off and go off without a word we are your friends Frodo anyway there it is we go we know most of what Gandalf has told you 
we know a good deal about the ring. We are horribly afraid, but we are coming with you or following you like cows. I just, I love this part. But you cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone mm-hmm. and to go off without a word. And then the, we will hunt you like cows. <laughs> we'll follow you like cows. Yeah. So be that friend, right? Be the one who's faithful, who's there, constantly caring for them, um, speaking the truth, not letting them go down a path of trouble. I'm a proto, or I say I'm a proto fan. And Sam, have you seen it? I've seen it. Okay. But what does it mean? He carries his burden for him. Oh. And so, I don't know, I just thought of that. I just thought that. that yeah. I know there's a lot of biblical imagery in yeah. the Tolkien books, but. But, but when he can carry it no more, hmm. he carries it for him. Is the burden the ring? Because he can't touch yeah. that. Oh. You just can't um, put it on. The oppression. The oppression. Uh, yeah. Okay. He doesn't carry the ring. He carries Frodo, right? Is that what it is? He carries Frodo. Yeah. Exactly. Carries him. Apparently, I need to watch it. I know this one. Yeah. What I know about the ring, I don't think he'd give it up. Right. He can't hold it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he carried him. Yeah. Okay. That's a sweet picture, right, of of God's goodness. So, who has Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-three? I do. Please read. He who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the tongue. Hmm. Yeah, we want that friend, right? Biblical friendships are not fleeting and easily disposable, but are characterized by true constancy and defiance to the obstacles continually tossed at us by the effects of the fall. So we need to continue uh, faithfully. Um, Proverbs tells us biblical friend, a biblical friend is willing to wound us, and those wounds are actually for our good. This kind of constructive wounding, even via the pain of an open rebuke, is shown to be a mark of true French faithfulness, an expression of love that refuses to be hidden for the sake of convenience or a false sense of peace. Silence in the face of a brother or sister's folly is no act of love. But the wounds of correction are, however, uncomfortably uncomfortable as it may be to inflict them. Um, has anybody ever had a friend wound them with good wounds? Yeah. It's hard, right? How, what happened? I mean, you don't have to say, but like, mm-hmm. how did your spirit, how did you handle that? Did you like have to think about it for a little while or were you like, oh, you're right, I did do that. Both. Yeah. It would depend on the time Yeah. and the friend. Sure. And as things develop and you go deeper, you can hear more. Because you yes. trust them. Yeah. But right. there are times that you do have to think about it and say, is there really truth to that? Because there are things we don't see that they see that they might say, well, do you think that this is a possibility? And my initial knee-jerk reaction, of course not. <laughs> but then when you think about it and pray about it, there often can be yeah. something in there. It requires humility, too. Like, it just requires humility, too. Yeah. Except with someone else, you know, just hold up a mirror and point out something that 
is wrong. It's hard, but it's good. Right. But I think that, and that take, I think part of that's practice and just having that done and the Lord maturing you and allowing you to see the good in it. Because mm-hmm. we don't always see the good, but. And seeing the friend as somebody who actually cares about us right. and not just like they're so judgmental or, you know, they're just pointing out my flaws and um, taking it seriously if they well, come to you. That's a really good point because there are those who don't know you who will just walk up and spread out. There is no basis. There yeah. is no friendship built there. Yeah. And they decide you need to know something. That's way harder to know how to deal with yeah and it still might be true mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's harder to say yeah and you know we pretty much a lot of the time when somebody says something to you even if it's not completely true there's still probably a grain of truth in it so just to examine yourself and then really be thankful that God gave you somebody like that who was willing to come to you and say the hard things Um, So in the Reformed Pastor, Richard Baxter says, We will take all things well from one that we know entirely loves us. We will put up with the blow that is given us in love sooner than with a foul word that is spoken to us in malice or in anger. If you be their best friend, help them against their worst enemy. Which is who? usually ourselves, our own, because we always think we're better than we are, right? We see ourselves in a totally different mirror than some people can see us. And think not all sharpness inconsistent with love. Parents correct their children, and God himself chastens every son whom he receives. So be willing to receive and be willing to give. Um another passage from here. Um, this is Tim Keller calls we to we need to be sure our friends have what Tim Keller calls a hunting license. This is to enter into the dark spaces and secret gardens of our life to call us to holiness. The willingness to engage in biblical candor for the sake of another spiritual good is one way in which biblical friendship is obviously and dramatically different from those worldly substitutes that typically ignore unpleasant subjects. (coughs) So you have to be willing to tell your friend you have a hunting license for my sin, you know, and that's a sweet way to um, talk about it, I think, and not in the sense of the, I'm just going to point out everything, every fly seeing you, but if we truly want to change... Um, and we're open about that, then when, and that's just accountability, really, right? When you say, I'm struggling with this sin, will you please hold me accountable? Or um, that they have that license to go and ask you those deep, dark questions that maybe you've been hiding behind. So think of it as a hunting license. Um, so what's another example from the Bible of a friendship with candor? Jesus, clearly. <laughs> yeah, I, and I came up with David and Nathan. Yeah. Because Nathan, what did he do? Yeah, he gave, 
you are that man. <laughs> yeah. I have this article. I'm just going to pass it out. And um, it's called, it, I had to kind of condense it to make it um, fit on a page. But it was from a blog, and it's called, Are You a Kind Friend? Or a, now I don't know. Oh, my gosh. A nice friend. Are you a nice friend or a kind friend? What do you think? Just from that title. Yeah. The nice is probably just being... Cordial. Yeah. Never speaking with you. Yeah. And the kind friend. Yeah. So it kind of, it's a, it's just kind of a, um, I only did 10 copies. Okay. Just a superficiality yeah, or I can make more. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I didn't know how many people there would be here. Usually we're a smaller group. So. Okay, number three. Carefulness. Carefulness. Our other C. So candor encourages us to be courageous to speak into a friend's life and humble to receive it. Carefulness urges wisdom and consideration in how to be a friend. And that's really part of why we're all here today, right? How? So we need to be full of care for our friend. Proverbs teaches us three ways to be careful. In our speech, in our timing, and in our stewardship. I'm sure it teaches more, but those are the three things he came up with. So in the book he says, speech and timing go hand in hand. So what we say, which is the content of what we're saying to our friends, should be influenced by when we say it, which is the circumstances. So who has Proverbs 27, 14? I do. Okay. It says, whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. Why would that be a curse? <laughs> Who's ready to hear, like, <laughs> truthful statements about your sin life first thing in the morning, right? <laughs> or just anybody. Maybe you need some coffee first, right? <laughs> yeah. That was uh, Proverbs twenty-seven fourteen. Yeah, so think about the time of day, baby, right? When is it a good time for that person? Maybe they are a morning person. Maybe that's the best time. Um, And who has 2511? Me. Okay. Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, can you guys think of a time where someone said a good word to you at a bad time? Like right before bed? (laughs) <laughs> and then you can't sleep because you're just thinking about it all night. <clears throat> I remember when I used to teach and here, and there was a, whenever there was like a confrontation right before the weekend, it was really hard because then I knew I was like the principal's office on Monday. Yeah, and you had to wait all weekend like, to think about it. Hey, I can handle that a lot better now, but I remember that was really hard. So. Yeah, so take into consideration. When you say something to a friend, is it the best timing for them? Um, is it right before a service? 
oh, I need to tell you this really quick. You know? And then I'm like, I did not hear anything of that whole service. I don't know what happened. Um, so be, care- be a careful friend. Wise in your timing to know when and how to speak the truth in love and when to listen and when to just pull back and let them process it. So, when or what situations might you consider timing? Um, Another one I thought of was when someone texts you and they say, can I call you? Or I need to talk to you about something, can I call you? And that's all they say, (laughs) right? Is that the worst? It's the worst. Yeah. Then they'll say, okay, not right. Yeah, It gets our mind going in bad places, right? Because then you're like, oh my gosh, what did I say to her? What did I do? And then they're like, I wanted to ask if you wanted to go mm-hmm. berry picking on Friday. And you're like, oh my gosh, it was so not important. <laughs> but I've just like wound up my whole mind into mm-hmm. this thinking. So, or what they can do it in person too, and say, "Well, I need to talk to you, mm-hmm. but not right now." When? Yeah. Same so thing. don't Your be that go. person, yeah. right? I need to talk to you about maybe when is a good time for you. And you could also ask. Sometimes I'll just say, "Is everything okay?" Because yeah. I have a particular person in my life that's a family member that often will. I don't know what I'm going to get from that person, and so I will say. Is everything okay? Just so I can kind of get the ball rolling. And yeah. Oftentimes it's like, oh, like, yeah, I just they want to plan something. Yeah, <laughs> they want to yeah. plan an event, right? And sometimes it's not. And yeah. I can I can chop it off right where it needs to be chopped off. So, right. You know, by calling and like yeah, starting that conversation. So. Right. Or I mean. Like Tara did this to me recently, and she said, "I need to call you," <laughs> and and I instantly was like, "Okay." I, and we should think: Did I do something? Did I say something? And then I was like, "It's Tara." <laughs> it, you know, I I trusted you, even if it was something that I needed to hear. That um, I knew her well enough that it wasn't overwhelmingly like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in trouble," you know. <laughs> uh, and it was about something for Adam so it was not a big deal at all but it's we we just need to be careful when we um in our timing right so that's that's a good being a good friend yeah really quick the photocopy machine upstairs cut off the top of number three on the back page for those oh okay and it was so good I wanted to make sure that you only said it says a kind friend will go the extra mile because your life is more important to them than your friendship. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe say it mm-hmm. one more time. A kind friend <laughs> will go the extra mile because your life is more important to them, and then then your friendship is there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good article, and um, I did reference it at the bottom. It's a really long link, but um, it, I, I'm sure if you just type in the the main title of the blog or whatever it is, that then you can search this um, kindness versus being a kind friend versus a nice friend. So, still hot. Nice to be. <laughs> 
it's good. The air so pretty really good. Clammy. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of one of those days, right? Okay. So, be careful in what? Speech and timing. And then be careful in our stewardship. What is stewardship? We talked about it on Friday night in the sense of money, but what's stewardship? What's a good um, synonym? Taking care of something that's not yours. You're, like even, well, everything we have is given to us from the Lord, so in a sense, Mm -hmm. we're stewarding everything. So like a caretaker. Taking responsibility for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're caring for someone else's heart in friendship. Yeah. There's nothing And I don't think we think about that. And so that's a way to dive deeper is to really think about, am I caring? And that was one of them, right? Carefully caring for this person's heart and their soul. The, for the conference, I don't know if you've done the biblical counseling conference. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy... Brand fairs, the one we no, just had. No, the one that the one in North Creek. Okay. Tommy Prey was giving like little introductions. Oh. And he said it's not that you're not counseling, it's whether you're counseling biblically. And so, because we all give counsel all the time, right? So if we're not being good stewards or we're not learning ourselves, right? That's why we're going down there is to learn so that we can be better counselors, not necessarily on a formal level, but we can be therefore better stewards of each other's hearts and mostly of our own hearts. So that we can be better caregivers for one another's souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't really thought through the carefulness and stewardship of our of our friends, and um, and to be a careful steward of their trust. So Proverbs eleven thirteen. I've got that. Okay. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps it thing covered. Hmm. Yeah. So, it's never good to divulge the inner workings of a friend's heart. But we do this, right? We can do it so easily because somebody will ask you, what's wrong with her? What's going on with them? And, you know, even in our attempt to maybe be, like, graciously careful, we could say, Oh, she's just going through a tough time. Instead of saying, you should go ask her, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's it's very that I mean, I'm just gonna say we're all gossips. We're all we're all prone as women, and I think just people. This is an easy way that we can we can easily talk about other people and divulge information about them, um, whether we know it's true or not. Mm-hmm. Right, um, it can. It's a really slippery, slippery line, and um, so just having that practice of protecting them, protecting their their privacy that they've um, shown you and, and sharing something with you, or just protecting them sometimes from themselves if maybe they share a little too much with too many people. Um, but there's even another example you gave was. It could have been the best heart intention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As I said, we do it all what, the time. This is like, you know, what's all I'm carrying and whatever. Yeah. Um, but still, it actually prevents them from getting a closer friendship. Right. Or, if it's not a close enough friendship that that person's willing to ask them, then it's not really their business anyway. Exactly. Um, which would make it more awesome. But and they don't probably want to go actually ask them. Right. Often. 
would. Or they're like, or maybe they didn't think that. Maybe they're yeah. like, oh yeah, okay. Maybe it was just like someone stormed off, and I was like, what was that about? Yeah. You know? But. Yeah, it's still. She had to go to the bathroom really fast. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we need to be careful because I think we'll easily say something like, "Oh, she's just really having going through a rough time," or something, instead of pointing them to that person and letting them answer for themselves. Because maybe they'll share something with them, and maybe they won't. And so, um, just being a careful steward of them. It can also happen where someone is wanting to know something from you that you don't want to divulge. About yourself? About yourself. Um, this happened to me many years ago, and someone was just being, we were going through very hard financial times, and um, someone came up to me and asked me a specific question, and I just felt obligated to answer it. This happened several times, and I finally went to my husband. I said, I don't know what to do because I don't feel comfortable with these questions. And he was very wise. And he said, just ask her, what is the reason you want to know? Mm. So the next time that she said that to me. You have a statement ready, right? I have a statement ready because I don't think well on my feet. My husband does, but I don't. So the next time it came up, her answer shocked me. She says, well, I guess I'm just being nosy. Mm -hmm. And we went on from there and it never came up again. Praise Lord for her honesty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that she wasn't pushy and kept asking. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So have a, a statement have something ready. ready. I know. And my husband will often say, just tell him I said whatever. So he's like, you can throw me under the bus anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a privilege, right? And a blessing to have him steward my heart and my confidence. So, um, yeah, that's a good but I, I don't think we realize that's happening until it's happening a couple times. And we answer things, and then later we're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. It just, yeah, yeah, it didn't feel right, but I didn't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And about yourself, especially. But we do it easily with other people's too, um, yeah. information. So, um, I think the flip side of some of that, too, though, is to not be the kind of person that's so easily takes offense or gets hurt to be more open to yeah. listening. Because I mean, I I'm not saying so much for me. I'm usually I'm probably more of a I, I guess break things down soft. I mean, I guess you know more. I don't take offense as easily, but some people just seem to really take offense. So easily sometimes when there was no offense intended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be careful to not be that kind of person. Yeah. To be open to listening. Yeah, I know that's in one of the um, the lists of the Pride mm-hmm. and Humility handbook, mm-hmm. and it's not to be easily offended. That's a sign of pride if you're easily offended, but humility you know, more. You take time to. Consider, yeah. Consider and assess whether what the intent was behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you can tell if the intent was really made meant to hurt. Right. But if it wasn't really meant to hurt, then don't take so much. Make it hurt. Yeah. I know. I'm not. I'm in. I'm a brick too. So um, I've had people come and say, "Please forgive me for what I said," and I was like, "I don't even know." And I appreciate their tender heart because I don't always have that. And so um, it's usually a good conversation. But, um, 
yeah, be be careful to to be both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah. To go back, I think it was on candor, um, being a good giver, speaking uh, truth in love. <coughs> the other side to that you said was receiving, yeah, being a good receiver. Yeah. 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 They do. Yeah, because I can tell you all the bad things about yourself all day long, but can I receive it, right? Mm-hmm. And we have to have that if we really want a deeper friendship. Mm-hmm. Just something Heidi said about, like, you know, what was the intent. We don't always know, and so we have to believe the best. Like, that's biblical. Mm-hmm. And assume that if they've told us something, they're doing it because they're a friend and they love us. Mm-hmm. And we just talked recently um here actually about like how hard it is to go to someone and so if someone's coming to you yes it's hard for you but remember how very hard it was for them mm-hmm. to come mm-hmm. and how much they have to love you to take that risk yeah like, that's hard it is and so to just to stop for a minute and go okay they're here because they love me and they're my friend um, I heard an interview with Caroline Neuheiser and I don't remember who she co-wrote um when words matter most mm-hmm. or something like that and one of them was saying when they have to go to a friend they always lead with you know I'm bringing this to you because I'm your friend and I love you and I think that would start the mind thinking yeah. you know like yeah. okay something more is coming but it doesn't have to be a defense right away yeah right. like so I just you're on the same team stop it's and not, consider yeah. and not right. you know yeah. Immediately yeah. yeah. I was just listening to a sermon the other day on, it was just like God's will, but he was saying how people say, well, I just don't have a peace about that, right? I don't have a peace. Well, do you ever have a peace when you have to go to a friend and say something hard? There's no peace in that. It's a struggle. It's hard. Um, so don't, yeah. It's So take it. When somebody gives it to you, even if they don't do it perfectly, um, take it with grace and then also be gracious in giving it. Well, and the other piece that we need to keep in mind is the biblical admonition to take the beam out of our own eye before we attempt to take a splinter out of somebody else's. So we have to make sure that our heart is right Mm -hmm. and what what is my motive? Why am I going? Is this really directed by God or is this directed by flesh Mm -hmm. because I'm tired of whatever and I want to criticize them? Yeah, and I think that's the difference in these deeper friendships is that we're developing that that trust that's horizontal. And so when you come to me, I know it's serious, and I know it's out of love and um, because we've developed that trust. And so that's really where we want to get with these friendships. Um, Anything else on that? Okay, last one. Counsel. Our last piece. And like someone said, we all are counselors. Like, we all give counsel, right? We don't think of ourselves as counselors. I definitely don't. But when someone asks me a question, I'm going to give them counsel, whether it's from my word or from God's word, right? My opinion. So be a friend who receives. We said that. Wise counsel also from a trusted friend. And be a friend who gives wise counsel. So how do we do these things? We've already talked about it. What's the number one way to go? Humbly and boldly from the word, not from our words. 
um, if you tell me about this person that wronged you and how terrible it is, I am going to jump on your bandwagon and totally cheer you on. If I'm not thinking biblically, right? So don't be that friend. Like, don't be the one that's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the injustice in your life. And how dare they do that? Or whatever the situation is, we don't know both sides of the story ever unless we're both people there. That's like, I think, a number one rule in counseling, right? Just deal with this person in their heart, not the other person and their intentions and that we don't even know. Um, but don't be the friend that just totally supports you and or them and lets them complain. That's not biblical friendship. So who has Proverbs 27, 9, and 17? I do. Okay, all right. Proverbs 27.9 says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Mm-hmm. 17. 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Mm-hmm. So we want to be the, the bad aroma in someone's life, or the good aroma, right? And then we want to dull our friends by speaking unkindly well I don't think we do we, we do our friends by speaking about others unkindly and um, and not sharpening them or each other to speak truth and um, live biblically so here he says sorry I'm on the wrong page um the deepest of friendships have this in common. They desire to make the other person royalty. They work for and rejoice in the other's elevation and achievements. There are no hooks in such friendships, no desire to manipulate or control, no jealousy or exclusiveness, simply a desire for the best for the other. So can we say that? There are no hooks that we put into our friends. That hook of, I can't believe you just went out with that person and you did not ask me to go with you. That's a hook. That's a terrible, jealous hook that then they have to feel bad for spending time with another friend. Do we manipulate them or control them? If we're truly a friend, we're hopefully not doing these things. We're... We want what's best for them. Is it best for them to spend time with somebody else sometimes? <coughs> Is it best for them to share something with them? <coughs> Sorry, that they're not sharing with you. Um, <coughs> there's a certain niceness to friendships where I can be, as they say, myself. But what I really need are relationships in which I will be encouraged to become better than myself. Myself needs to grow a little each day. I don't want to be the myself I was yesterday. I want to be the myself that is developing each day to be more of a Christ-like person. So don't let your friends hold you to where you're at and not let you grow, not encourage your growth. And don't, if you see that in your friends, it's, it's, a, it's a tough line to be like, hey, let's, but let's grow together, right? 
let's walk this road together. Because I need to grow, you need to grow, we need to grow in different ways maybe, but let's walk together through this. And how can I help you and pray for you? Okay, in this book, okay, each chapter he has these great questions at the end. So here's a couple of our questions. In which of the four marks of friendship do you see your greatest strength? Just take a minute to kind of consider. Where do you see a a strength of yours? And I know we're always like, I shouldn't think about how good I am at something, but for a second here, let's think about what has God given me to, how has he made me or grown me to be constant in friendship, have candor, be careful, be a good counselor from the word. And then the better question, where do I need to grow? Where do I need to see spirit-empowered growth? Because we can't do this on our own. We can't just be like, I'm going to grow in candor. I'm going to do it. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom, to give us um, the heart for our friend in that way, right? So, can anyone think of a time when someone else has displayed one of these particular marks of friendship to you? And what was the effect on your friendship? I mean, I know when someone comes to me and and says, um, I think I offended you, even if they haven't, it just grows my heart for them and their humility, and um, and it does create an openness then that there's a there's this license to to come to each other and ask for forgiveness and have. Um, true repentance in relationship, right? Anybody want to share? I just had a simple example that meant a lot to me. It was just reset this week. Maureen um, called uh, to talk about something else. And it was like God sent her. He prompted her to call me. wisdom chat mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and pray for me mm-hmm. at that moment that I really needed to hear what she said. I was struggling with my health. I was really flared up. I could, I could hardly walk and I had signed up to take um, your daughter yeah. <laughs> and dinner that yeah. day. Mm-hmm. My heart was just torn. I was struggling. I'm like, I can't even get to the market. And we didn't even tell you and we already had it covered. The Lord knew that. Really? Yeah. Well, it's funny because yeah. as we were, as we were, as she was praying for me, she encouraged me to just cancel it and yeah. um, look for someone else. And as she was praying for me, I get a text from uh, Hannah Mar- Martinez mm-hmm. asking if there was a meal uh, scheduled for her that she wanted to take her meal, and she offered to bring her meal mm-hmm. that night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is God. Yeah. It's like, it's clear to me that it's okay for me to go ahead and cancel yeah. because he's just going to cover it, it, right? And yeah. he covered it. I mean, yeah. It's just amazing how God works and it just meant a lot to me that she encouraged me to do it, that it's not wrong for me to do it and 
pray for me at mm-hmm. that moment, and it just calmed my heart and helped me mm-hmm. realize that it's okay. Yeah. And that's all four of those, right? Yes. She showed up. She said the truth. She was careful mm-hmm. with how you were feeling, and then she counseled you. Mm-hmm. In that one conversation, all four of those things happened. Yeah. Sounds like. Thank you. So <laughs> that's a really sweet <laughs> example. That <laughs> 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 the Lord prepared beforehand, right? Well, for us to talk about. No idea. Yeah. Those providential appointments. Right. 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 I love mm-hmm. those providential yeah. appointments. Yeah. No clue. And I think sometimes we have to be more willing to call than to text. Yes. That's a big there is thing in our culture sweeter. that we've lost is calling people. Yeah. There is nothing sweeter than to hear a friend hear their voice. Mm-hmm. Not just say, I'm going to be praying for you, but yeah. actually stop and pray for you at that moment. Yeah. And hearing your friend pray for you is just... It's an amazing encouragement. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just yeah. uplifting. Sweet. Okay, we're almost done. I'm gonna go over actually a little off so we we are done. Okay. I'm, I was like so close. But okay. We'll finish next week. Lord willing. And um yeah, let's let's pray. Also wanna just pray for um Laura Milliken, she was in the ER all night with stomach pains. Oh. And they they didn't find anything but they think it's her ligament she's pregnant and so they think it's the ligaments pulling but they didn't find any reason so I'm going to pray for her too dear Lord thank you for this time I pray for Laura that um, she would find some comfort in uh, her her pain and um, we just thank you for her and we pray for her as, as it's scary when you're in pain and you're pregnant and you don't know what's going on inside and so we pray for health for her and the baby and that she would get rest today. I thank you for these words that you have prepared for us to take and um, and just already seeing how, God, you are working in our hearts and our minds and in our relationships with others, Lord. I pray that we would take these things seriously and that we would be devoted women to each other and to going deeper in our relationships with one another. I, I uplift our service to you that it would be a time of uh, worship that would glorify you and teaching that we that would be honoring to you and that we would hear and would change our lives and our hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen.